Welcome back to Organize with Grace podcast. Do you feel like you're always struggling to get it together? Do you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends, feeling completely disorganized in your home and life, that it's starting to affect you mentally and emotionally? Well, you've come to the right place if you need encouragement, easy and simple organization tips, or you just want to know that you're not alone in this season of life. Hi, I'm Grace Herman, your fellow working mom and professional organizer. I believe in you, friend. You can get it together. Now let's get organized. I am here with a special guest, and I'm going to introduce you to her right now. Her name is Amber Trueblood. She is a licensed therapist, author, podcaster, and mother to four sons. An avid reader and learner, Amber curates courses, workshops, and simple self-care tools for women. So since 2019, she launched Stretch Marks, a self-development tool for mothers who are being stretched in every direction. Can I get an amen? (laughs) She has written, um, she's written this and contributed to articles and national publications, including uh, the Oprah Magazine, O, Bustle, People, Fatherly, Wedding Wire, Mind, Body, Green, Good Housekeeping, and Parade. So this woman has such a wealth of information. I can't wait to talk to her. And she's been featured in LA Parent and Times of San Diego and provides regular content for both Motherhood Maternity and Mamas Uncut. And Amber has appeared as a featured expert on television stations such as E! Daily Pop, KTLA, and CBS 8. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I needed to give you an updated bio. I just realized Monday I was on a Good Day LA, which was like a big jump up for me. So I was like, woohoo. Yeah, I saw that. I think I, I'll, I'll add that in. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I just love this. I just, I was telling Amber earlier that, you know, wow, you're who I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. And so I am so excited to have her here because, um, first of all, I want to really hear, I love to hear people's stories because it's our stories that are a part of who we are and that's a part of our identity. Please share your story with us and how you came from overwhelmed to a pillar of support. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you, first off, Grace, for doing a show like this and for having me on it. I'm honored. And that um, the compliment is very, very sweet. I'm honored. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I'm i a therapist, and but I wanted to, I always had this drive to help people, but I was quite frustrated with the way therapy is, is set up. It wasn't like results oriented enough for me. I was like, I want to see results. I don't want to do like three years of, you know, sit on a couch and just hash, you know, especially coming from a like busy mom perspective. Yes. Like we don't have extra energy, extra time, extra, like need more on our plate. We need less. I know I want, you know, tools that are going to work for me right now and aren't going to be exhausting or take like a two week course to figure out, you know? So, um, and I love reading and learning. So when I found myself, um, 
in a place with four young children and really in the weeds deeply and feeling lost and very exhausted, but at the same time bored. Does that make sense? Like I was so busy, but at the same time, like my brain was bored. Like I, I didn't feel like I was accomplishing or doing what I wanted to be doing. And I felt personally like people around me at the time, or at least those people that I was attracted to in my life at the time, didn't get it. They were like, you have four little kids, like chill out, relax, take your time. Like, don't worry about it. It'll come. And so A, not only did that like not help because it wasn't the answer that was right for me at the time, but then it just made me feel guilty, right? For not being so 100% satisfied and like floating on a cloud of parenting bliss, right? So, um, so I just dug in and tried to learn tools and I went to books because that's, you know, this was like maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, where I was really digging into learning the, the skills and I got really frustrated. I was like, these books, okay, like, wow, you're a great writer. That's a really interesting story about how you like hiked Mount Kilimanjaro to like find yourself again. I liked reading about it, but I'm not going to go do that. That doesn't doesn't appeal to me. That's not a good fit for me. So I kept hearing about how other people transformed their lives, which is always like inspiring and you can gain little pieces. But I was like, I want to write a book that can help a myriad of people that takes into account like you're different, like you have different values, different priorities, different lifestyles, different personalities, different family dynamics, and you're different now than you were a couple years ago. And you're going to be different a couple years from now. So like, how can I help you to like take, not take responsibility, but be really honest with yourself about like what's likely to work and what's not and, um, and give you like kind of a menu of tools to not only choose from, but like a, a level of confidence at a, at knowing which ones will work for you so that you set yourself up for like success, as they say, instead of for disappointment and frustration. So, um, so I started writing as a way to help people. Um, and I wrote my first book that stretch marks book. Um, and I actually did it while we were on a musical tour with my kids um, and that's like a whole nother story we can get into if you like, but yeah, by yes, I got to a chance to watch no some of their videos and they're amazing because of that. We, you know, it, it really put to the test a lot of these, um, self-care tactics, these practical tools that I talk about all the time and that I teach and that I share because we were in it, you know, we were, it was traveling to a different city every single week, eight shows a week, like on the road, hotel, Airbnb, travel plans, writing a book. And so I had to put my money where my mouth is and like use the tools. And if they weren't working, I had to find different ones. And so all of that informed what I'm doing now and really trying to reach out and connect with as many um, women as possible who are feeling you know, feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, but not the type of people that want to just sit around and bitch and moan about it. Like the type of people that are like, no, you know what? Like, I want more than this. Like I had all these children and I want to enjoy them, but I also am a human outside of them 
And what does that mean? And what does that look like for me now? Because I don't want the same things I did maybe pre-COVID or the job that was satisfying pre-COVID is not so satisfying now, or maybe it doesn't exist anymore, you know? Yeah. And do you, do you run often into, into, um, women who feel like are kind of resigned and say, you know what, is, is this just how it is? You know, do I just put up with it and, you know, until they grow up and, you know, is, is that something that you, uh, the type of thing that you run into? Um, yes, a lot. Yeah. But I'm going to say this. I, I believe, and maybe this is just because I want to believe it, but I believe that it's baloney. I believe that it's it's an it's an excuse or reason that we use when we don't know how to do it a different way. It's not that we're just telling ourselves like, okay, yeah, I just I just have to wait until they're in school or until they're out of school or until they're out of my house or until I you know go back to work or until I stop working or you know we have all of these different. I will be yeah, happy when. Yeah. This will be more manageable Correct. when. Yes. I'll be able to take care of my health when. Like, there's a million reasons why we can put stuff off. And so, yes, I think it's a very, very common thing. And I think the way to resolve it is to give you tools that you actually believe will work for you. Like, then you can see the light, you can see the path. And often it's something that you know, maybe you do in your financial life or you do in your career, you kick ass, like you have no problems taking risks, knowing yourself, listening to your intuition, like really honing in, doing the things, Get you know that like maybe you know in your business life or you know in your health, like there are people that, you know, they're rocking it in one area. So you know that you have the skills, like you have those about yourself, yeah. you know that like, so, so maybe let's use like physical health as an example. Say you know exactly what kind of foods work for your body and make you feel good and make you feel strong and give you energy. You know what kind of exercise you like. You know that you need an accountability partner if you're going to do that exercise. And you know that you need to switch it up every three months because like you get bored. So, so you're nailing it. Like you do that. But for whatever reason, we often don't apply that level of confidence and like inner insight to an area of our life that we're struggling with. So maybe that's like communicating with our partner. We're just like in this downward spiral. It's not working. We're getting more and more disconnected. We're feeling more insecure. And then that spirals, right? So like a lot of the things I teach are very... And I, it's a weird like 80s word to use the word like empowering, but it's essentially that. It's like, no, 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 look over here. Like you can do this. Like, I don't know if I can curse. Can I curse? Okay, let's say you can do this stuff over here. Like, hey, this is not, you don't have to relearn anything. Like you just have to apply it over here. And yes, it's not always easy because you're out of practice, but I like to say it's simple. It's more simple than you think. It's not easy, but it's simple. It's not brain surgery. You don't have to go back to school for 12 years and write a dissertation about it. Like, And I, yeah, I love that. I love that because sometimes, and I say this, I've said this in a couple of um, interview episodes, and I remind myself that sometimes we cannot read our own label. And that's okay. And we need someone like Amber 
to tell us and to remind us who is experienced, who will encourage um, that. Yeah, you, you, you've got it. You've got the tools. You've got the skills. I just need to help you hone, hone in and um, apply it, like you said, to your other life yeah. situation, um, to your other. Because and give yourself permission, because I always say like overwhelm comes from not busyness necessarily, because um, I love being busy. I love doing, doing, doing. Mm-hmm. I'm an I'm an achievement junkie. Um, but overwhelm comes when your time and your energy and your attention and your focus is addressed towards things that really aren't important to you. The more That's of your insightful. time, energy, yep. and focus you can spend on things that you really care about. That's when it's energizing to do them and not depleting, you know? And so the more you can check in with yourself, okay, how much of my time am I spending that's aligned with stuff that's really important to me or just important to everybody else around me? And by default, yes, their happiness is important to me, but, you know, I don't know how much of your audience is parents, but you're also modeling all this stuff for them. So if you're modeling, like, I'll be happy when, do you want to model that for your kids? Right. And delaying that, you know, delaying that, um, that desire, you know, to, to be happy when in reality you can, you know, you can have the tools and, um, the, you know, you can seek the guidance, especially from someone like you. I I have, have you heard the duck, the duck story? I think it's, um, author Mike Dooley who talks about the, like, be like a mama duck. Have you heard this? Okay. No. You know, if you watch a mama duck in the park, say, um, and she has six or seven little ducklings. Um, and she wants to take them across to the other side of the park where the pond is. And this is kind of the, I kind of, I always take stories and then like I add a little bit. Um, but the first part of the story is this, you know, if she was to wait around until they all lined up quietly, okay, no, no, no. Oh, you come over here. Oh, you come over here. You come over here. She would never get to that water. They would all die (laughs) of starvation first. Yeah. Instead, what does she do? She turns around and starts confidently walking towards the water. And what do the ducklings do? They line up and they quickly follow her. And so the ducklings are all the areas of our life that we wait for them to be perfect until we do something. So, oh, well, when I get this knee surgery, when I get my health back, when I get this particular job, when we move to this city, when my relationship is okay, when my in-laws move back out of state, like we have all of these little ducks that we're waiting to have lined up. Yeah. And where does that come from, you think? where? That's know. a really great question. <laughs> you know, um, I have a couple thoughts about where it might come from. It might come from a fear of taking that risk. So it's a very, very, very good right-in-our-face excuse of why we don't have to take that risk and start walking toward the pond. Because heaven forbid we trip or it's a mirage and the pond is farther or the water tastes bad or whatever. All the what what ifs. So to me, my first answer Mm -hmm. would be probably because it's an easy out. And it's a legit concern. It doesn't make it easier. But what I'm saying is if you wait until your health is perfect, then something will be screwy with your finances. And then as soon as the finances are okay, then something happens with your job. And then, you know, so if you don't want to just keep waiting and waiting and waiting, then just take a breath and you take one step and then you take another step. And the cool thing about that, and this is where I like add my own twist to the story is maybe you're heading toward this pond 
and you go up the crest of the hill and you just take those little steps every day or every hour. And then when you're at the crest of the hill, you notice to your right that there's another pond that has much cleaner water and is protected from predators or whatever. There's a bunch of benefits to this second pond that you never, ever would have even seen had you not started walking in the direction that you want to go. And why I think this is important, Grace, is because so many people think they have to find the first, find the best pond, create the perfect job in their head, know the perfect city you want to live in, you know, um, all of the, or know the perfect person you want to be in a relationship before you even start walking towards it, before you even go out on one date with anyone, before you even send out one, (laughs) you know, interview request. So, and and maybe that comes from fear as well. I don't know. But when you just go do that, you learn something, you learn something from that. And then you're going to make a better decision next time. And you're going to shift ways. You're going to change paths. Right. But chances are, if you had never started down this route, um, you'd be missing out on all of these other things that you just can't see from the spot you're in now. Mm-hmm. Got to take the steps. So Amber, what was your aha moment when you knew that things had to change and what did you do after that? So my aha moment was I was on my way home and I was by myself in the car, which is odd. Like, I don't know what I was doing and why I was by myself in the car, but I remember stopping um, at a park because I just couldn't drive home. I didn't want to drive home. And I got out of the car and I went and sat under a tree and I was like crying. And really like at the same time, I think there's a lot of like shame and guilt and like, what am I complaining about? I have four healthy, happy, amazing kids. My marriage is going really well. Like we have financial, like, you know, security, like what, you know, there's, there's that voice, right? There's that voice talking to you at the same time, Mm -hmm. but something was missing. I just felt really lost. I felt really, really lost and sad. And I texted a friend whose mom was a life coach. And she said she would see me. She was like a retired life coach, but she said she would talk to me. So that's what I did. That was the action. Um, Because I was just like, I can't, I can't like not want to go home. That's not good. This is not going to (laughs) work. This is. This was a red flag. Um, So I went to her and I'm very, I've, I've purposely shifted this in the last 10 years quite a bit. But at the time it was very, very in my head. I intellectualized everything. I made lists for everything. I, you know, organized everything. I had plans and I had, you know, it was, it was very structured. Um, And I had stopped like tuning into my gut and listening to myself and intuition. What's that? Like I was just, I was all in my head um, and not connected Mm -hmm. to my heart or my body, like none of it. And, um, and that's a, that's a whole nother story we could dig into. But when I went to see her, I had like my books and my journal and my pen and my this and my notes and like, okay, here we go. Let's do this. We're going to tackle this. Like I had like an academic sort of, you know, okay, we're going to study me and we're going to fix me. Yeah. Right. Me too. Oh my I'm gosh. The same. And she took one look at me, Grace, and she was like, you're not going to need any of that, honey. And I was like, oh, 
shit, what is happening? And then she looked at me and said, um, are you a crier? And I was like, yeah, I'm a crier. And she like handed me a box of tissue and was like, sit over there. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? I'm so scared. And she took a breath and she looked at me and I was so uncomfortable without my little protective very like barrier of pens and paper. And like, you know, I always have this stuff with me all the time, you know, even when I'm meditating, I have this next to me. Um, so I felt very vulnerable and exposed. And, um, and she looked at me and she said, Amber, and she spoke so slowly, which also makes me so uncomfortable. And she said, what do you want? And I wiggled and mentally was so uncomfortable because I knew she didn't mean anything that was on my list. I knew she meant something really, really deep. And I, you know, tears welled up in my eyes and I just said, peace. I want peace. Like, that's what came to me. I was just like, it's chaos and I just want peace. It's too much. I want peace. And it was just like immediately like, oh, shit, really? Okay. Wow. That's not what I thought. It's not what I thought, but it's what I needed Mm. to hear and know. So then that became my journey is like, what does that mean to me? What does that mean? What does peace mean? And, and then how do I get it? How do I bring more of it into my life? Um, and so that was huge. And that was, to me, the beginning of then my journey that was the path that led me to where I am now and doing, spending my time and my energy and my attention on things that are really important to me. And I I have a side aha moment. Can I give you another aha moment? Okay. This one won't make y'all cry. Okay. So (laughs) so I thought a a more positive note, but when my older boys were like like four and five, I, and my boys are all back to back to back. So at the time my, my youngest was born, my oldest was five years old in two months. So they were all born like, that um and so the oldest were four and five um and I took them to a hip-hop dance class and um I love dancing and I love hip-hop and they were kind of a hot mess um (laughs) but it was cute as could be because they were trying and it was it was ridiculously cute and I was you know the mom behind the glass like recording them And I brought them home from the lesson and showed my husband the recording. And in the recording, you could see the reflection of my face in the recording. And my reflection was this big, giant, permanent smile. My eyes were as big as, you know, grapefruits. And I just was like, you know, so joyful and excited. And I, my aha moment at that point was I need to do more things that make my face look like that. And for me, the quick answer was, okay, I'm going to, after 25 years hiatus, 
go back to dance classes. I was 40 at the time, 46 now. And I I don't do anything half-assed. So I went to the like, the the one of, there's two really big dance studios in LA that like all the professional dancers go to. It's like Millennium and Edge. And so I went to Edge. I found a beginner hip hop class at Edge and I started going twice a week. And I was at least twice the age of the next younger, the youngest person in the class. I was the only one wearing like a yoga outfit because I don't have like hip hop, cool dance clothes. And it's hot. like they were like, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you call these? Oh, flannel, like flannel shirts. And they're wearing hats and big bag. And I'm like, oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. If I wear that stuff, can't, I'm not that cool. I'm sorry. I can't do it. And, um, and so but I loved it. I loved it so much. And then I would walk out of class and the, the, there were all these glass walls between like the studio and like the people waiting outside. And I'd walk outside and I'd see all these moms my age sitting there in their, you know, mom jeans and their hair all done and, you know, on their phones or chatting. And I just thought, I don't care how bad I think I am in that class. At least I'm on the inside of the glass. I'm not out here sitting on this bench. And to me, like that was a pr- proud enough. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like, at least I'm in there. I'm doing it and it feels really good. And I, I'm, I'm actually getting better at it every week and I love it. And I'm not sitting out here on the yeah. sidelines and Wow. That was huge for me. Wow. And of course, the, with the podcast episode, um, they're not able to see your face. And I can, while I'm um, interviewing you, I can see that yeah. smile, that your eyes shining. And, you know, and so, and you found your your thing, or maybe now it's more like things, you know, more than one thing that fills you up, fills your cup. Um, and so, wow. Thank you for sharing. Grace, that. when you mentioned that a thought came to mind because I think people, and I thought this for a long time is what I didn't realize was that adding just one thing to your, like maybe twice a week, adding one thing that's like an eight, nine or 10 in your like, oh my gosh, this is so fun list makes all those things that are ones and twos that drive you nuts, that you hate doing, that drain you, that, you know, aggravate you, it will neutralize them. Suddenly they become fives. Like I thought, okay, well, I'll have to wait to your point of like, do you have to wait until you can enjoy your life? till you can have all eight nines or tens. This like, it's not a mathematical formula that makes any sense. It's weighted differently, right? Like, so when you add just one thing that you really love doing, maybe you really love jigsaw puzzles and a glass of wine on a Tuesday night, or you love hiking and backpacking and you never do it. Like just adding one thing regularly into your life will ease and create less anxiety. And I think more joy in all areas of your life. Like it spills over, like you won't believe. And like, if you don't believe me, like, test it, (laughs) try it. (laughs) Yeah. And so how do you practically, and, and you and I have, um, you know, uh, emailed offline about, 
a really cool thing. And I wanted to segue into this about like how, what are some practical things that we can, um, we can utilize? And you talked about super sense. So can I know more about that? So the super senses, and, and I love this because it has to do with organization. Like it, it is something that you can actually do and keep in mind that will help you. So everybody has a, a sensory system that they're maybe more comfortable with that, that affects them more emotionally than everything else. So, and you probably know listening like, oh, I'm totally a visual person or I'm totally an auditory person mm-hmm. or I'm a tactile person or yeah, I'm a super smeller. Like, like bad smells really, really affect me. I'm very sensitive and like good smells really <laughs> fill me with joy, you know, and, and excitement. And um, so if you think, and if you're not sure between two, like as I give these examples, you'll probably realize, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm an auditory um, person and, you know, living in a house with four boys and a husband and they all are musicians. That is really good and really difficult at the same time because there's a lot of noise. So for instance, I would give you, I'm pulling something out of my ear right now. And this is called a, uh, audio flare audio calmer. And it's a whole thing. It's not a device. It's just a little like plastic, soft plastic thing that helps ease the kind of cacophony of sounds that enter my ears. Like I didn't even realize I had them on because I, it's just become default. I wear them every day now. Um, so because I'm an auditory person, as, as an example, things I use to both enhance my emotional state and then reduce anxiety when I'm in it. So this is a thing I use to reduce my, my reactivity level, my cortisol and like adrenaline spikes from noise that I'm oversensitive to. And I almost always have a set of earphones with me or around as well so that I can manage the amount of noise and the amount of kind of like crazy noises that are that are coming in. <laughs> and then on the flip side of that, if I want to encourage a, a positive emotion, whether it's calm or excitement and energy, I can use that through music, right? I can use that at night. I use a white noise machine um, because I'm very sensitive to sound at night. So I look around or look, I listen around my house and my office and say, what can I do sound wise to both prevent and protect my emotional state when I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious? And what can I do to enhance my emotional state um, when it needs, you know, when I want that energy or when I want that calm? Like I do a lot now where I make morning coffee and I go sit outside in the backyard and there's all these birds and like there's all this nature in my backyard and sitting out there hearing all these sounds of nature really soothes me makes a big difference just to my my nervous system um so for instance if you're a visual person you know there's a lot of really simple things that you can do visually and I think I'm guessing that a lot of your audience because they're organizers and they're intrigued by that might be visual. So what colors, what patterns, what um, amount of things? Mm. So you might have, okay, so I'm going to turn my camera here. I have a table here on the ground that's not on the ground, but next to me that is, it's full of clutter, full of clutter. Um, So if you're a visual person, this 
would drive you nuts. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't always have time to put it away and organize it in the way that mm. you want. Um, so I, I will you. say, yeah. and, and I do have like laundry on the couch used to drive me nuts like that. So I would either A, take care of it first thing in the morning, B, throw it all back in the laundry basket and hide it behind the couch so I don't have to look at it until I was ready for it. C, delegate somebody else to do it like by a certain time. Hey, by 930, can you all clean this up and, and put all the clothes away? Or D, close my eyes and walk by and know I'm going to, I'm not going to look at it until later in the day and then I'll deal with it. But, um, but knowing, this is about knowing yourself, right? Knowing what the trigger points are, yeah. what's going to drive you nuts. And it could be that sometimes you are, when you're at a higher degree of anxiety or a higher degree of distress emotionally, maybe that means taking pictures off the wall, taking post-its off of the wall, you know, um, putting things under the sofa, under the beds, in closets, closing doors, keeping them out. Making things look yes. simpler, so right? So your visual yeah. field is less stimulating to mm -hmm. you. And then what can you bring in visually that's going to be stimulating in a, in a calming way, in a supportive way? So maybe this means you know, having the screensaver on your computer be a beautiful nature, you know, um, gallery photos of beautiful nature scenes. Um, maybe it means getting outside more if you live somewhere where there's, you know, a beautiful sky or beach or mountains. Um, what can you do to create visual input throughout the day that soothes you and brings you joy? Um, and maybe it's a, mm -hmm. like for me, it's a clean the one of the kitchen counters at least has to be cleaned off in the morning. And I'm not even a visual person, but like when it's just a disaster, which it is all the time, um, I, I can't think, I feel like I can't think. So in each sense, you can apply the same thing. So if you're a super smeller, you can keep candles, you can keep essential oils, you can keep lotions that smell a certain way. Um, and, um, and what, what else is their taste? You know, so each one of these you can apply and you can write down and I highly recommend you do this is say you're thinking of, okay, yeah, I'm this one. All right. What are three things right now you can do to minimize, to take away, to reduce the amount of stimulation in that sense? And then what are the three things you could do proactively to enhance your emotional state using that, using your super sense? That's awesome. Yeah, I love that because it's, it's, I'm listening to you here going, I, I can do that. I can do that. You know, the meaning that these so are what the practical the you would do? and these are things I, for me, I would probably, um, do the auditory. I love, um, you know, I love music. That's why I was so stirred up by watching your kids videos. I'm like, <gasps> like, I love, I'm, I'm a, I love singing. Um, I play the guitar. And so that would be right off the bat, something that will fill me up and enjoy. And I can um, listen to something or even sing for a few minutes. And then that gives me that yeah. boost, you know, energy boost and the anxiety um, goes down. And I, I can even visualize it that that would be what's hap what's going to happen once I do that activity. I love even that. Just for a few minutes, and so, so you can even do this, like this if so you cool. can make three playlists and just name them like mm -hmm. energize, calm, you know, calm, soothe, and yeah. uh, you know, 
just silly or you know what I mean? Like you can have, and then you could be like, oh, it's just going to be more easy. It's going to be easier for you to get them. Um, but I love the idea that you have it within you too. You can just start singing. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And so this is, this is fun. I mean, thank you for, for this. It has been such a pleasure to talk with you and thank you for all of the things that you share, shared. And where can my audience um, find you and maybe even possibly work yeah. with you? So tell us more of where we can um, connect yeah, with that you. That would be great. So I'm at ambertrueblood.com. Um, for those of you, I know everybody has their platform that they love most, right? So I'm on Instagram at official Amber Trueblood. Um, I have a Facebook group called That Awesome Mom Group. You just entered. I saw it. Yeah, I did. I'm so in. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, there's a lot of content in there. Like, every day I'm posting, at least once a day, I'm posting, you know, and each month has a theme. So, like, this this month I'm talking to entrepreneurial moms. So, moms that have a side hustle or moms that, you know, are founders of their own business or moms that want to do one of those things down the line, you know, what are really practical, efficient tools and tactics you can use um, to, to help you along the way. So, so the, that awesome moms group is on Facebook. Um, and then, yeah, I have courses. Um, my, my signature like main course is called the mom reset. And, um, and that's like a working with me to reset your life, like emotionally, physically, psychologically, and, um, and then I, I also have a, a big dose of like meditation and visualization in all my content as well. So if you're intrigued by that kind of stuff or you're super deep into it already, um, you just might, you just might really like it. Yay. Awesome. And ladies connect with Amber. She's such a pleasure. Um, and so Amber, once again, thank you for your time. Thank you for all of the things that you've shared and it's been great. Thank you. And I hope you have a great I appreciate day. it. Thank you for having me on. Hey, real quick. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to thank me is by leaving an iTunes review. If you're listening to me right now on your iPhone, simply scroll down, click write a review within the podcast and voila, you'll get a chance to click five stars and type in how the podcast has helped you. You can also access iTunes on your computer if you're not an iPhone user by downloading the iTunes app. Also, I offer virtual organizing and that means we get to hop on Zoom together wherever you are and I can help you organize your space for a fraction of a price that you would spend hiring an in-person organizer. Contact me by email, hello at organizewithgrace.com so you and I can get started. I offer a free 15-minute assessment to see if we're a good match to work together. So get on it, girl. Stop being stuck on your organizing journey. I'll help you walk forward so you can finish that organizing project that you've been procrastinating on. No judgment here done it myself, but you know what I'm talking about, girl. All right. Can't wait to talk to you. Bye.